It's the Dear Black Folks Podcast with your host, Earl Markham. Hey, hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Dear Black Folks Podcast. Today, we have a special guest. You all will recognize her voice from the last episode um, with the ladies from This Is Sex Podcast. She was so dope, I had to have her back again. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back Valen. So, hey, Valen, how you doing today? Hey, Earl, I'm blessed and highly favored. How are you? I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Uh, um, I wanted to have you back after we did the um, the interview with, with you and, and the other two ladies from um, This Is Sex podcast. Yeah, Dr. J and Dr. Clay, my girls. Yeah, yeah. You, Hey, I'm so looking forward to you all's um, podcast. And again, you all, go and check out This Is Sex podcast. Um, yes, check us out. You all are going to enjoy it. They're fun, um, informative, education, everything. It's going to be cool. Very, very good. It's the good. real deal, holy field. Yeah. So I, I wanted to have you back because, um, again, like I was telling you before we went um, live, uh, I enjoyed all three of you all. Um, and I like to have, you know, guests on my show. Um, and I just kind of felt your energy was fun, and I thought you would be fun to have back just – talking about just regular topics. So we're going to get into it today a little bit. I want to kind of start off since it's the hot topic. Did you see that ghetto ass, (laughs) 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 the most ghetto ever uh, presidential debate, I think, in the history? Did you see it? I watched that debacle. Yes, I did. It was a hot ass mess. You watched it? Yes. I'm telling you, I felt like I was watching Saturday Night Live. It really, it did kind of seem like satire, right? Like, yeah. I was like, this cannot be real. I, now, honestly, I didn't have high expectations going into it. But it, it, it was just worse than what I could ever possibly have imagined. Like, it was so many points where I was like, wow, like, it won't get worse. Like, it won't get lower. And it did. And I was just like, oh, man, this is, this is very sad. Well, I, 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 I mean, to me. I think Trump is so so childish and immature. I just kept waiting him. I kept waiting for him to to, to say like, "Your mama," or "I know you are, but what am I?" And you well, know, he just, did. He did say your son. He did yeah, go he, there. Like yeah, you was, know, that was fucked up for him to bring his son. It, it was super fucked up, and it's just like you know, I, it it highlighted the essence of who they are as people though, I think, because, you know, Trump going there, that's what he does. Like, you know, he's a narcissist. He felt like he was lying. uh, He was losing. And so he just was kind of like grabbing whatever he could. And, but you could tell it also was sort of like, it just seemed premeditated. Like, no, he was dishonorably discharged from the military, you know, and that's why your son's, you know, using drugs and blah, blah, blah. But like Joe, I think just his body language, you know, I'm a clinician. So like Joe's body language that, eye contact of like 
you know, because you couldn't have been prepared. I like I, when their right. teams were, you know, their camps were preparing them. I don't think they probably prepared Joe for Trump to say, mm-hmm. like, you're a kid, like, you know, he's a co-kid or, right. you know what I'm saying? They like, didn't. they probably were going over political track records and shit like that. So when Trump said it, I was just like, oh, my gosh. But the way Joe, like, looked into the camera, you know, kind of said, like, my son's been through a lot and I'm proud of the man he is. I was just like, you know, because how, how many of us know people who, like, you know, have been dealing with substance use, substance yeah. dependence and stuff like that. But I was like, this motherfucker is crazy. Man, I was just listening there looking at Joe <laughs> like, I wanted Joe to say, man, I'll fuck you up. <laughs> I mean, because, you know, and I saw a lot of memes like that because people are just like, yeah, you know, like, and I love, you know, former First Lady Michelle Obama and and my 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 walk with the Lord, I really try to be on that when, you know, when they go low, you go high. But I also believe in meeting people where they're at. Like, sometimes you got to knock a motherfucker out and yeah. then be like, don't come for me like that because I'm on my walk. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it was just so disgusting. And then now he has the coronavirus. Like, you know, all of my friends, like, you know, everybody is kind of 50-50 with, like, that's karma getting him back with, you know, oh, this is the October surprise. This is his way to deflect from, you know, the campaign and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm a mixed bag. I think it's probably a little bit of both. I think he's probably sicker than they're letting us on, letting, letting, letting on uh, because, you know, at first when it was just him and Melania, I'm like, okay, these, this, this is a, this is a trap. But then, you know, it's like all these other people, but all these Republicans, you know, and they all just had that. They were just at the White House uh, talking about the the judge that they want to confirm with no mask on. So, you know, I kind of feel like it's a bit fucked up that he's getting, you know, the best possible free care uh, while he's trying to cut other people's care. And, you know, while he hasn't really been believing in the validity of this virus the whole time, you know, we've surpassed 200,000 deaths in this country alone. So, you know, I was just reading this story about um the black nurse I think she was a nurse and her daughter was a teacher so I think the daughter was probably my age and the mom was a little older but they died a week within each other maybe in South Carolina a couple of weeks ago and you know the nurse is a first responder who's been treating people with uh the coronavirus but she was denied a test and then finally you know that's they they're denying us tests until it's like too late uh but this motherfucker gets the virus he hasn't believed in hasn't been wearing no mask and now you know we're having these daily press briefings about his you know his progress and i don't know personally i'm not feeling it yes yeah, it's it's, it, it's i did a post on facebook about it <clears throat> excuse me saying it's, it's 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 sad that we have a president that we even have to have a debate on wondering if he's even telling the truth about having an illness you know it's yeah sad. It's super sad. And you know what? It's like, I, I always say this, but like when President Obama got elected, it really was like, wow, like anything is possible, you know? And then when Trump got elected, it was like, wow, anything is possible. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, but two, two very polar ends of that statement. Like how, how the hell did we get here? Man, I'll tell you, I'll, me personally, I always say I believe had Obama not been president, uh, Trump would have never been elected. I felt like that, I can see that, that that racist part of America was so angry that they had to be under the leadership of a black person for eight years. They went the extreme opposite. I, I can <clears> see that. <throat> he really has brought out the worst 
in Damn. society. And yeah. it's it's really sad. So I'm just praying people get out and vote. You know, I'm, I'm praying that because um, I know, you know, when people like rock the vote and stuff like that, it's really about getting people to vote. But I mean, I, I need people to vote uh, for Biden. <laughs> you know, like I, I'm saying when you do vote, don't vote for his ass. Like, <laughs> I just I can't like, no. Mm-mm. So I- that's why. I, yeah, I already thought when Obama was the president that we were going to have all the, the the racial tension and stuff we have now. I, I thought we would have had it when he was the president because they were angry that he was the president. But it seems that it, to me, it's a lot worse with Trump because it, the, the, the things that he says empowers them to come out. Yeah, and racism is loaded with a lot of bitch assness. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So with Obama, it w- it wasn't as blatant, blat- blatant, but it was more, um, you know, you could it was palpable through the indirect shit they right. did, like with the government shutdowns. You know, with refusing to, you know, do bipartisan stuff with him, with you know him having to be like damn near perfect. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't know if he even like farted when he was in office. Like, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? saying like you know that that was the because they couldn't say like you know we hate you black man we hate being under the rule of this black man but it was just like you know now trump is there you know you got your your clan leader you know what i'm saying like somebody who's enabling like all the the worst of society and now people are like yeah you know and it's like what the hell is make america great again like when was this country great you know, yeah. like at, at what point, which point in history are you referring to? Like exactly. there are great things about our society. There are, you know, great things about certain parts of stuff. But, you know, as a whole, you mean this country that was founded on like chattel slavery and shit? Or you mean the country that didn't let women and black people vote? Right. Or the country who moved the Native Americans off their land and shoot them away? Or the country that puts like, you know, his Latin American kids and Hispanic kids in cages? Like which 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 country are you referring to? It's never so, it's never been great for anything or anybody other than white men. Right. Exactly. So I'm just I'm I'm over him. I'm I'm over, you know, him being in power. I'm over this, you know, good boy network thing that they've established, which would will not go away even if Trump um doesn't get reelected. But I think it will be, you know, disempowered a great deal. So I need people to vote and vote for Biden. You know, I don't love everything about Joe, but you know, and I, I think that's another issue too that always, you know, intrigues me. Like people are sort of like one issue voters, like abortion or you know what I'm saying? There are things that all of us harp on to, you know, but like looking at a whole, it's like like, because even like people I know and love, like not just, you know, my white friends, but like, like people, well, I'm not going to call names, but people I know and love be like, you know, fuck that. I ain't voting. That shit yeah. don't mean nothing. Or, you know what I'm saying? At least Trump gave us a stimulus. And I'm just like. 1200 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like so, sometimes you realize people just really do not understand, um, you know, the importance of of voting. And I I think for a lot of people, I won't say just younger people, but, you know, a lot of people are, there's a gap between, you know, oh, our ancestors died for us to have this right. It's like, that doesn't mean shit to people, quite honestly. You know what I'm saying? Not not to a lot of folks, but you have to make it, you have to make it like, um, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know how your dad wasn't there for you because he was in and out of jail because he was on crack? 
You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, you, you have to, like, break shit down to, like, you know how, like, the judge who denied his uh, parole, you know, all those years. Like, you have to get, like, entrenched in, like, people's lives and really kind of, like, make it make sense to them for them to be like, oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's 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 bigger than it's bigger than this one issue. Or, and, then, and then what I also don't like, you know, since we're talking about it, the one issue voters on shit like abortion where it'd be like, Dude, like dudes, I've had these conversations and no shade to my men, but it'd be like dudes with like four baby mamas, you know what I'm saying? Five kids and one on the way. Be like, you know, they don't believe in abortion. And and I'm not saying they should have, you know, like there should have been abortions, but I'm just saying like, what do you believe in? <laughs> you don't believe in like condoms either, you know, right. or like pulling out or whatever. So it's just my point is like things are just so loaded and we really have to, you know, take a deep dive into what's going on because every every part of our lives uh, is impacted by who's in leadership. And we have an idiot as the president. It really is a, a, a domino effect, as we've seen with the coronavirus and everything else. It's like not only is he not the best person to be in this role. I mean, we really could not have like been going through worst shit as a country to have a poor leader like at this point in time right. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying like we're in a pandemic and we have like you know this egotistical narcissist like everything is about him and you know and it's it's sad everything is, is nobody's nobody is nobody's done better than this and no this is the best this and like everything he explains about himself or what he or his cabinet is, is the best best ever <clears throat> right. And it's so sad because, I mean, all of us need to be able to take a moment in time. I mean, some things I do a lot. I do do uh, a lot better than other people. But other things I'm just like, you know, like he, he doesn't know how to, like, take a loss and address it and move us forward. Right. You know, like I didn't handle that correctly or, you know, the, these are the lessons we've learned along the way with the coronavirus. And this is what we've decided to change or, you know, go back and redo and things like that. So I'm like, you know, if the government has money to like send out you know our own military against our own people and throw tear gas at people who are protesting for black lives matter you know there's no reason that we should be rationing out coronavirus tests you know yeah, right he has he has to be that typical rich entitled you know spoiled attitude you know yeah everything has to go his way everything was given to him and you know it doesn't take accountability you know, it's it just, shows. It's, uh, it but, shows. But an, a, another thing where our people specifically um, need to understand and do better at is, and where we failed when Obama was in, is those midterms elections. Yes, exactly. That's a big one. You know, like, yes, we got black men in office, but, you know, the the reason that Trump is the machine he is is because his there are Republicans, you know, elected throughout, you know, all branches of government here and there, people who are enabling him. And I think people who don't even wholeheartedly agree with what he's doing. But I think it's just it's just that whole like, well, you know, if I support him, you know, I know he can he'll support me whenever I need to get reelected or push something through. And it's like these midterms is really what's um you know, what's holding us back. Something that always sticks out to me is jury duty. 
it's so big. Like I remember I got uh, selected for a jury when I lived in Maryland um, in PG County. And I was so excited. My friends were like, Dallas, jury duty. I'm like, oh, girl, I took off. Like, I'm going. Like, what am I going to wear? I hope I get selected. <laughs> so I was sitting there. And I did get selected. It was for jury. But then I was the alternate. So they let me stay the whole trial. But then because nobody had to leave, then I got dismissed right before sentencing. So I was like, damn, because I already knew what I was going to vote on, how I was going to vote. But then they were like, oh, Miss Alva, we don't need y'all. So I was like, damn. But it's like, you know, when you when you think about these grand juries and like, you know, why there are no convictions and things like that. It's like, we we do have to show up. And I know it's, it's not as simple as just showing up. Like, there are a lot of reasons in terms of, you know, people working jobs that you know, they might not be able to take off from work and, you know, single parents and shit like that. Like, there are a lot of issues that, you know, are, are encapsulated in that. But I do think we have to, you know, make make a greater effort as a community because like this is where the shit goes down at you know and I'm all for marching and all that and I have marched like you know Trayvon like I like there just several marches like from being in leadership positions with some of my professional organizations and just as a concerned citizen you know like I get out there and march and write my signs and call and you know send emails and shit but it's like you know, instead of reposting, think about, you know what I'm saying? When you get that jury summons, like, and, you know, as opposed to, you know, I've known people who are like, oh, let me get a letter from my boss telling them why I can't come in. And it's like, what the fuck you got to do at work? I mean, you know, like, what? you know, like not saying that, you know, that we don't have important jobs and responsibilities, but I know people who have actually put effort into not getting going. out of things like that. And it's like, no, we, we have to be, we have yeah. to, I was letting my boss know, look, I got this. I don't even know if I'm going to get selected, but I'm unavailable for this whole week. Cause I might have to be there. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, they got, our people have to understand is that if, we can't complain about not having a jury of our peers if we don't want to go and participate in the system of, of, of being selected for it. And it was, it was, uh, well, let me say this first, the grand jury thing. And, and people probably laughed like, fool, you didn't know that. I didn't know till recently. And, and I shouldn't know because of the word jury, but you know, when you hear the word grand jury, I was always thinking it was like government workers, but a grand jury are citizens. Yeah. So mm-hmm. when they say a grand jury chose to indict or not indict, it's the regular citizens. So when these grand juries aren't indicting these cops and stuff like that, we're not sitting on those juries. Exactly. We're not I mean, sitting on those juries. So and then and then another thing that really scared me with the judicial system is when I was on jury duty, and um, it made me realize how important it is. I was on a jury. It was two um, black females that was arrested for um, for selling drugs. This was back in L.A. And at the time when they were arrested, they were arrested by the the the, 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 the police station that did the sting was the Rempaw station. And at that time, the Rempaw station was going through a lot of uh, a lot of shit with their cops that was innocent people were being let out of jail because it was shown that they was you know planting dope on them and, you know, trumped up charges and stuff. So I was already suspicious of, okay, this is, this, these are Rempaw cops. So, you know, I want to really, really pay attention and see if there's some bullshit or not. But when we got in to deliberate, it, it was, I was the only black on, on, on the jury. And, and the rest were either uh, white or Latino. And I think it may have been an a, Asian person, but anyway, mm-hmm. We got to talking, and 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 
one of the one of the ladies was saying, because they put her on the stand, one of the defendants, and she was saying, oh, you know, part of her testimony was, you know, I was standing in line and this guy was trying to talk to me. So when we go in to, to deliberate, the first thing this one guy said was like, oh, they're lying. I said, why do you know? He said, did you see how ugly that girl is? Who would want to talk to her? They're lying. And I was like, wow. So because she's not attracted to you, you think nobody in this world thinks that she's attractive. And because of that, she's guilty because in your eyes, she's ugly. Yeah, it was crazy, it, you know. And, and I got into it with him to to where the bailiff had to come in and damn near threatened to put me in the damn jail cell. Oh but I was my I was pissed. I was pissed because it was like this is a black person's life that you're dealing with, and because you feel like they're not attractive, they're guilty. So it made me really see that we're 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 judged on how we look. So, period. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, to that to that level, like yeah. innocence or guilt. And it's it's sad. Like that's why we have to be present and we have to ask questions and you know, we have to participate in these processes, even though, you know, like even with the you know, Brianna Taylor situation, like I, you know, was disheartened and 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 not hopeful, you know. It, it's this it's this mixed bag you constantly walk in as a black person, right? Especially as a black woman I'm like it's taking way too long it's not gonna be no charges it's gonna be bullshit but then you know it was like a a day you know a day or two before they announced the decision where they started saying like you know the decision could come you know in the next day or two so you know I was kind of anxious and then you know it was like in the morning and they were like the press conference will be at 1 p.m so I know all of my group chats were buzzing like oh I got butterflies I'm so nervous like I'm so scared and it's like just collectively the disappointment and hurt we felt, even though we didn't anticipate the charges. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's just this this layered, right. And it's just like, what the hell? And so, yeah, like when you were saying being in there and the man talking about what she looked like, it's like, I mean, this is literally life or death for us. And we have to take it that way. Yeah. You know, I don't think a lot of white Americans really realize because I had this conversation with a coworker recently and I didn't you know I, I I don't like discussing politics or race at work with anybody because it can lead to mm-hmm. other stuff but For sure. He brought it up and he said something I had to kind of check him on then I kind of left the conversation alone but I could tell he's very pro Trump and anti black lives matter and or you know any other thing with the movement that's going on with us. And, you know, he said the, first, the the main thing that a lot of them say, well, you know, why is it only an issue when when black, when it's a white cop killing a black person? Why isn't it an issue when black people kill black people? Look at Chicago. And I, and I said, you know what? I'm glad you fucking said that. I said, you want to know what the difference is? I said, the difference is that when black people kill black people, they black ass go to jail. I said, when white people, white cops kill black people, they go free. That's what mm-hmm. the fuck the difference is. And I ended the conversation because I was getting mad, you know. But but I told him I said you know what your problem is and what a lot of a lot of people's problem is that that have racist views and this goes for anybody any race when you don't have friends and and and, and be around other people you go by what the stereotypes are and you buy mm-hmm. into that shit and that's why you people have those views I said how many black friends you have and he said well, a couple um, just a handful and I said out of those couple or handful how often do you hang out with them? He was like, none. I said, so how are they even really your friend then? Mm-hmm. 
So you, you well, know, right? No, knowing black people does does not mean you you understand, you know. Right. And I don't know it, that whole black on black crime. I I try not to engage so much um, on on those conversations because there's the world, world wide web. Like sometimes I believe like some some things is just willful ignorance um, because it's just it's too much. There are too many ways for you to be in a place of knowing. And I think that sometimes people don't want to know or don't want to admit the truth. And I do think, I mean, yeah, sometimes people just know and they're just, you know, like, oh, black on black crime. Like, what is that? That that actually is just propaganda because there, uh, you know, there is white on white crime. There is, you know, Hispanic crime, you know, or whatever. Crime happens with people who are in close proximity. It most of the time... We we tend to be in proximity with people who are of like our a, same right. ethnic group. So most white crimes are against white, white people. people. Exactly. You know, I, I believe I was doing some, I was pulling some stats for work. Um, and I think it's like one, maybe one in one in 10 black men will, uh, no, one in one, was it 10 in a thousand? I don't know how to look up that stat, but, you know, in terms of being killed by police, we don't they don't never want to engage in that conversation of how disproportionately we are affected, you know. And you know, it always strikes me like with the boy who um was it the one who did the, the shooting in um South Carolina at the church and they yeah. took him to uh Burger King. Burger King. Right. And it's just like, <laughs> but you you know, like I'm thinking about like Eric Gardner and Philando Castile and like all these black men minding their damn business and they died for you know, like cigarettes and cds and a traffic stop and it's just like make it make sense so people who talk about black on black crime when you're talking about a woman who was murdered in her home her own home like as she was asleep like mm, i I just I, i can't engage but then i'm always pulled because then it's like if we're having these conversations like if i'm talking about it and i'm always talking about it to you at some point we do need to be having conversations with people who don't understand because they're never going to understand if they keep talking to people who you know, either don't understand right or don't don't care to unpack it with them either and i think that's how a whole lot of this you know this maga stuff just keeps on blowing up because all they have is each other yeah. <laughs> you know and it's that, just like this that, is not that's not it that was one of the things he was trying to say too he was like you know uh with blacks being a, a lesser percentage in America than whites, you know, it's, you can't tell me more black people get killed by cops than whites because it's more whites. And I was like, dude, yo, shut up. <laughs> you know, like, I, I, he said, well, it's only publicized. But I said, well, why, why, y'all need to start recording it too then if y'all getting killed. I said, well, I guarantee you what's happening to us by the cops did not happen to you. I don't even want to hear that shit. Mm-hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. I've been... My my father was a sheriff in L.A. Yeah, that didn't stop me oh, wow. from getting fucked with all the time. And, all the well, time. and exactly that's what now. And I've had interesting conversations with um, some friends and associates who are black and in law enforcement. And it's like, you know, I, it's not um, it's not that they say blue lives matter, but then they'll start saying like, you really don't understand the kinds of situations we're in. And I'm like, even even you. Right. Like if you go into this situation and you kill someone, you're going to be you can assume that you're going to be 
like uh, prosecuted, you know, like you're going to be fired and prosecuted and most likely convicted. Like the same rules don't apply to you even when you're in that group. Like, so let's just take time to really unpack it because these things have been going on for a long time and it's just legally sanctioned lynchings, basically. My my dad was telling me he he has so many issues of racism within the department himself that, that the black deputies dealt with from white uh, the white deputies, you know, so they, they, it's definitely there, you know, yeah, it's definitely there. And, and, and like you were saying, look at the, I forgot what state it is. I think it was, I think it was in uh, Minnesota where they convicted that black cop for killing the white for woman. For that white lady. Exactly. Now, now, exactly. Now, you will go to jail, but, but they won't, you know, it's, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's such a different, double standard. It's always different rules for us. Yeah. And you know, like for me, you know, you know, you mentioned earlier Trayvon Martin. You know, that's that Trayvon Martin case. As many as we, as many cases that we see of, of of black people dying at the hands of white cops and stuff. And even though Zimmerman wasn't a cop, but that Trayvon Martin case bothers me more than any other one because it was a kid minding his own business that was attacked by this adult with a gun, and they tried and, and they get get. Let him off on self defense. It's just it that just it still pisses me off to this. It day. pisses me off too. And and even in the same state, right in Florida, um, was it Marissa Alexander? Michelle? No, I think it was Marissa. But the the woman who shot and shot killed oh. it was either her husband or ex husband. She shot. She did a warning shot, but I think it hit ceiling. him. And, Not only yeah. did it hit him, it just hit the ceiling. And so she was jailed for that, yeah. you know. And it's just like I, I will never forget the Trayvon Martin, like the whole situation, like just like I was getting, a, um, I actually was getting a tattoo the night that the, um, the, ver- the verdict was read. Cause I was like on the table and it was like this big white burly tatted up artist. I was laying on the table, but you know, when you get that, like, you know, they're about to announce the verdict. So I'm like, hold on a minute, you know, but like, I just remember sobbing like on the tattoo table, you know, yeah. and he was just like, that's so fucked up. You know, and you know, like it just like I, I just I remember it's like certain things like, you know, some people and I'm not saying like one is more important than the other, but there are just certain moments in time. Like you remember like where you were, what you were doing, yeah. like 9-11. But like I remember like when that when that verdict was read, I just felt so failed, you know, like like yeah. how did this happen? Like like n- not even how did it happen in terms of the Zimmerman part? Because I mean, that's confusing, too. But like the the jury, like the. Yeah. Like how how did you in your mind decide that he was not guilty? And it just you know you just imp- like he, he's empowered. Like he ended up suing Trayvon's parents for yeah, something. Crazy. Like and it's just like that's insult to injury. Like I do believe in karma, but I want to believe in justice too. Yeah, it, you know that moment really. If none other, it really really gave you the feeling that uh, say you know what they really don't give a fuck about they don't give life. a fuck about exactly that was like um yeah it was that just, is it was just exactly like, like a sign feel. like we y'all lives ain't shit you're, yep. you're nothing to us and let and me show you let me show you you know because it was clear he had every right to be where he was at he wasn't doing anything wrong he he was told to stand down by the uh 911 person on the phone he had the weapon he approached him yeah. and and you know like they have they talking about it was the the stand your ground law. Well, why didn't that stand your ground law apply to to to, to Trayvon? Because he was the one defending himself. 
it's so sad. I believe Trayvon was probably whipping his ass. <laughs> yeah, and that, exactly. Come on now. You know Trayvon was whipping his ass, probably wearing them out. Mm. But it, it's crazy because it affects how we live. You know, my brother is 19 and he got a little Honda Accord with the 10 on it, you know. And, you know, he, he's being a kid, but like... But you worry about him. I, I, right, I see him go out and I'm like, you know, don't don't walk around with your hoodie on, you know, don't be on your phone, you know, like make sure you keep shit, you know, on the dashboard just in case, you know, if you get pulled over. And it's like, you know, he, because we, he, um, so he got this tent. This was a whole situation a few months ago. So he got tent on his windows on the car. And so I told him, get it as dark as you want, legal, like get it. You can go all the way up to the max, get it legal. But, you know, he got his little Honda Accord, little chick magnet. So my our dad told him he could go. It was like one notch past legal, some shit like that. So it ended up being this whole big thing because, you know, I'm like, that's probable cause. You know, like you already can get fucked with just as a driving while black, you know. Yeah. And so, you know, he's like, well, well, dad said I could get, you know, I could get, I could get. You know, and it's like if you look at the car, I mean, you wouldn't know unless you just know Tim. Like, it doesn't look like it's not a blackout, right. but it's just like, you know, that is still illegal and it's probable cause. So, whether you ran a red light, whether somebody is just bored, you know, if you got a little marijuana on you, like anything, you know, and I just fear because it's like you, you just never know, you know, like most of the time, most traffic stops are uneventful. You know, he may get sent on his way home, but you just always always fear that you're going to be the next one, you know, and then if yeah. he's dead, there's no recourse for us. There's no, no reason for us to expect justice. And I'm just here with a broken heart. And I just, I don't trust myself to not blow some shit up. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because I'm not going to sit around for y'all to be like, you know, there's no indictment. Like, well, right. <laughs> you know, well, somebody else is going to suffer, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, I don't want to have to even think that way, but but you know, it's, it's sad that we, as blacks, we have, I mean, we're so aware of the double standards and we have to adjust our lives accordingly and, and, and not enjoy some of the freedoms that they have because they don't have to deal with what we do. And perfect example is I just recently got my um, concealed weapons permit, right? But I'm still like scared to carry my gun on me because I can get pulled over on a traffic stop that can see the gun that I'm not going to even touch or anything. And then just shoot me and say, oh, he had a gun that I, I legally, you know, could carry. But that'll give them an excuse to blow my fucking brains out and get away with it because I had the gun. It's, uh, I mean, like Fernando Castillo. Yeah, he, he was legally carrying his gun, told the cop, I have a gun and everything. And they still killed him. Right. And, and that's the thing. It's like. You you can you can walk straight in there like nothing protects us, not your SES, not your education, not, you know, the eloquence of your speech, you know, not which clothes you wear or don't wear, you know, not whether you're tatted up or have locks or, you know what I'm saying? In a, in a Brooks Brothers, you know, what I'm saying a Steve Harvey suit like these things do not make us less likely to have negative interactions with cops and with white people in general, especially in Trump's America. So, you know, it's, it's real shit that we're dealing with. And it's, 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 it's scary. You know, I always, I've been vacillating, especially as of late between like feeling empowered, you know, and feeling very overwhelmed yeah. and just, you know, kind of over it. But something I always think about is like, 
there was a point in time, I feel like I remember people saying like, you know, well, if I was alive in slavery, you know, because that like that's sort of like the worst thing we can kind of think of. So people go back there like if I was there, I would have da 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 And sometimes, you know, I'm at a place in my life where I really do sit because I can, you know, make an analogy between like my life now and what it may have been like if, you know, if I was born during that time period. And I'm like, because, you know, and, and this is... <laughs> You know, I'm going there, but it's like, you know, honestly, me, I probably wouldn't have been in the house. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like I got a, I got a Harriet Tubman spirit in the Harriet Tubman mouth, but more than likely, like, I probably would have been at the house. And so I have made this analogy, you know, and I love my jobs. I love all my jobs. I love all my jobs. <laughs> but with, with some of the work that I have had the opportunity to do, Sometimes I've said I I feel like I'm a house nigga. Like I'm I'm there. Yep. Like I'm in these spaces. I'm in these protected spaces. Yep. And I'm hearing conversations. And I'm hearing, you know what I'm saying? What's gonna happen to the, the niggas in the field? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it's like, well, you know, if you mess around, if, if this gets back to the field, we're gonna know you said it. You don't right. want in this dining room. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so it's kind of like, how can I protect my life? You know what I'm saying? You know, my kids, probably master kids, they inside too, you know. But, you know, my mom and dad and cousin them outside in the field. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, we really have to think about, like, it's not a, if I was alive back then. Like, you you are alive now. This, this is our slavery. Like, this is yeah. our time. You have to figure out if you are going to get on this Underground Railroad bus with Harriet as she rolling out. You know what I'm saying? Or you going to stay here. And, and I'm not saying that there was a right or wrong, but... You know, one one other thing that I, I've been seeing lately is people will post dumbass shit like, I'm not my ancestors. And I, it's like, I was getting ready to go there. That shit sets I, me off because it yeah. is so it's uninformed. Disrespectful. It's disrespectful. I, I, just, Wait, I just did a post on Facebook the other day about that. I hate to see people say we are not our ancestors because it implies that they were cowards, they were weak. And it's, and it's disrespectful. At least to me, that's what it sounds sound like. Because like, like, it's like basically saying, don't fuck with because we'll fight back. Well, you don't think they wanted to fight back? But, the but law, this but, is the thing. You don't think that they did. Right. Like, right. we, we did them, it. You know, that whole Kanye slavery was a choice shit. We revolted. You yeah. know, Kunta got his foot cut off. You know, like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But there, there, were, there were things that you don't always know. I happen to have a degree in African-American studies. But, you know, people don't take the time to understand that, like, we didn't wake up and get free. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, and even from the Civil War, like, that didn't just happen. You know what I'm saying? Like, the Civil War didn't just come about because, like, a couple motherfuckers got upset with each other. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, we needed the Malcolms and the Martins and the Marcus Garveys, and we needed the W.E.B. Du Bois, and you know what I'm saying? Like, there was never one thing that propelled us forward. You know, like, it, it, it hasn't been one thing. There have always been ways as a people that we've shown our resilience to kind of fight for this freedom that hasn't been given to us here in this country. So, you know, I, when I see shit like that, it just like, it's like, just unfriend me because that's the dumbest shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, do, do not say that. Because they, you know, what they have to realize is that, you know, we, 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 there are lots of points in history where we fought back, but we couldn't just fight back every day, every time something happened and you could fight back and say something back because there were laws back then that, that, you know, I mean, look at the laws now, how they are that, that, Black or well, white folks get away with killing black people. It was a mm -hmm. thousand times worse back then. I mean, you could kill them in front of the judge, and the judge gonna say not guilty back then. You know, 
It was just, I mean, you look at all of the stuff like Rosewoods and Black Wall Street, how they were able to just destroy a whole black mm-hmm. town and nothing happened to them. Yep. But it's it's that collectivism, that, that piece of like, you know, even where it wasn't necessarily a revolt. You know what I'm saying? There were there were sacrifices made. Like, I mean, even down to, you know, I always make that house nigga joke, but you know what I'm saying? Like if if not saying if you had to take it, but but there were concessions made. Like, I mean, if we have to be here and endure this, then at least I can kind of make sure this doesn't happen to my kid. Or at least I can kind of ask if, like, my kid can be free. You know, right. they were setting up, you know, like, trust funds and shit. We were at least trying to make sure that, like, you know, my sister is going to be okay. Or, you know, hopefully. And it's just like, I mean, because you think about, like, the Montgomery bus boy, um, the bus boycott. And it's like, you know, now, yes, you know, we'll repost and, you know, call attorney, you know, Daniel Cameron and shit like that. And I've done all that. You know, I've been bailing motherfuckers out for months, <laughs> you know, like shout out to the Freedom Funds. Somebody asked me, like, you know, are you more like Malcolm or Martin? It's like I'm with all the shits. Honestly, <laughs> I'm with every single piece of all the shits like um, and so. But it's just like. You know, that was coordinated. You know, I've seen it's been like a couple one offs and, you know, like a day without black women. I think that was last week and stuff like that. But like this was like a year long campaign where they hit motherfuckers in the pocket. Yeah. And that's how that's how we got changed. So it's like, yeah. That whole, if you were around in slavery and you're not your ancestors, well, what are you doing besides reposting? Right. What have you done? It's funny you went to the boycott because I was waiting for you um, when to pause and I was that's where I was getting ready to go because can you imagine like our people wouldn't do that today I mean that the bus was was probably over half of people's black folks transportation back then and if you did have a car it was one car for the family but the people who did have cars they were using their cars to taxi people around to to carpool and help other people was walking and they I mean and like you said it went over a year we couldn't get motherfuckers to start watching football for one season because of Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> well, and you know what? Now that's a whole, that's a whole other, that's a that's a whole another podcast right there. But exactly, it's like we need a collective, concerted effort. And I think you know the the next opportunity, the next big opportunity is November third. Um, th- that's for uh, that's the time for us to show up and show out. You know, but but we do have to have some sustained economic impact because that's what the fuck these people care about like you know what i'm saying like even even when you think about like things like lgbt you know like like those uh, other um you know movements for social justice um you know i think a lot of them have moved forward because appealing to people's morals right that doesn't go that doesn't mean shit because it is about um you know, people having a connection to things. And so kind of how we were saying earlier, as long as like I'm talking to you and you and I see eye to eye on everything, you know, and um, we're, we're fighting, quote unquote, against, you know, someone else who doesn't understand black issues. There's always going to be this disconnect. But it's like we have to figure out a way to. And, and it's, it's kind of fucked up, too. It's like, how are you educating people? But like we we have to make them understand and sometimes you you know in a fucked up analogy but you have to put your foot on their neck like in a way that 
the knee was on the neck of George Floyd. You know, we have to put our knees on motherfuckers' necks because, like, that's the way that we we fight back. That's well, the way. Like, it's like, oh, okay, these you know companies are losing sponsorships and losing this and losing endorsements and stuff like that. Then it's like, oh, now they're now they're listening, and it's like, well. <laughs> You know, motherfuckers been dying. You know, yeah. things have been happening it's, to us. That's, but that's the only that's, thing. That's the only thing they understand is, is money. But see, what we have to do as black folks, like Dr. Claude Anderson always says, we have to learn group economics. Because if we start, if we learn how to keep our money in our community and support our our businesses and stuff like that, it, we won't we won't be looking for a Democrat or a Republican to do stuff for us and save us. You know, I mean. We, there's a place for that, but we got to do our part too in supporting each other, building our businesses, building an economic system within our community. Because when I was growing up, all the liquor stores, even though you know that's not a good, the best thing to, to, to own in the communities or whatever, but all that stuff, the liquor stores, the corner markets, and all that, they were owned by black people. Now. It's all like in LA. It's all Asians that own everything in the and, black but community. And where are there? Where are those liquor stores located? In though? the black community. That's what I'm saying. They're right. You all know, right. even the same. I'm thinking about you know on the flip side. You know the beauty supply stores. Yep. You know, like I don't know one in my city that is owned by someone black. You know, so like with my bundles, like any, it, it's like we we really do. Can, we can start, and that's one thing I was like, you know talking to some friends about and some colleagues about, you know, like, I mean, the the boycott, again, like the bus boycott, that came, like, you know, this was a concerted effort. Like, that's the one thing I want people to understand. Like, none of this shit just, like, you know, happened overnight. Like, even Rosa Parks, like, that shit wasn't because she was tired one day. This right. was a lot of niggas sitting around saying, hey, this is what needs to happen. There were a lot of Rosa Parks before Rosa Parks. Right. Rosa was the one we put up because Rosa was educated. Rosa, you know what I'm saying? Because we, we have to go about shit a certain way. But this was a, a, a coordinated collective effort. And so it's like, you know, if, if you can't, you know, I'm not saying like, let's go out tomorrow and like everything's going to be different. But little stuff, like when you're talking about that, um, the liquor store just made me think of my bundles because I, you know, keep my bundles. And so, like, um, you know, the distributor that I buy from is a black man. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I just try to find ways where, like, I can give my dollar back to the black community. Like, I don't know if this is still accurate, but I think it used to be, like, a dollar stays in the black community. Like, our dollar stay in our yeah, community. Like, a couple of minutes. Like a couple of, right, like, like days. Like, it's not a long time. Yeah. So I just try to, you know what I'm saying? Like, that, black on. That, that right. what you were saying with the beauty industry like I, I know I know um, a black lady that owns a, um, she started a nail salon and all that in LA right and and she has the hardest time trying to get other blacks to come and support it because you'll get and I know because I even mentioned it to like a family member of mine they say oh, I love my little Asian nail lady like wait a minute you love them that much to where you won't even give one of your own people an opportunity to 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 take to get your business go mm -hmm. once if you don't like it don't go no more but at least give them the opportunity to get your business but you're gonna say you love this other person who don't give a shit about you or your community well i think we do in our community i think we do do a lot of word of mouth and one thing that i have personally been trying to work on is like how you were saying like go one time if you don't like it go back what I have tried to do with black people is to go back after that one time, because what I've noticed, and I think it's just conditioning. And even though I think I'm 
focused fuck. Sometimes I realize I'll be sleepwalking. You know what I'm saying? Like, because, you know, I'll go and like, oh, you know, black girl do my nails. And I'm like, oh, this shit ain't even, I ain't going back. You know what I'm saying? Or, yeah, yeah. you know, you get something done and it's not, you know, 100% to your life. And you're like, oh, fuck that. You know, but it's like, how many times do I go to Walmart? Some shit doesn't work. Right. What do I do? Great Take point. it back, return it, exchange it. You know what I'm saying? How many times am I at a chain restaurant and, you know, like the shit, was, my steak wasn't the way I asked for it to be. And what do I do? You know, have them, you know, try to mitigate it, talk to someone, go back several times. But it's like, oh, the black business, I had my cupcakes and, you know, I wanted um, burgundy and she just had it, you know, like candy apple red. And I'm like, no, I ain't going back. Okay. So for some reason, our Zoom connection had got disconnected for about 10 or 15 seconds. Everything went blank. And then all of a sudden it popped back and we were back on. So um, here's where we pick back up at. Are you still know. here? Yeah, I don't know what happened. Oh, okay, I was just about to say it kind of froze up, but I don't really care for paparazzi stuff. But I'm just like, look, don't please don't bug me for the five dollar I will give you twenty dollars to support you, but I, that's not my thing, you know. So it's it's that it's that balance, but like finding ways, right? Like wh- whatever feels genuine to you. I spend a lot of money on my bundles because I like I like you know switching it up. Sometimes I'm Lisa, sometimes I'm Vivica, sometimes <laughs> I'm Balan. So you know what I'm saying? It's like, well, instead of ordering off of some random thing because I think now they even have like a little hair machine in the mall it's like no I'm gonna go to my little black man you know what I'm saying he may be ordering this shit from China but he is coming through him so he's he is getting the commission the commission is like putting you know gas in his tank so you know shit like that a few people I know that's in the business that that uh, especially when it comes to the, the hair and nails they say those Asians, they they systematically, purposely try to keep black folks out of the business part of it and, and having the connections to get the hair. and. It's big business. Yeah. I watched, um, which one was that? It's been a few different like hair, you know, documentaries and stuff. This is a like billion dollar business. So that's why, you know what I'm saying? Like if you have a network that works for you and you know, we're going to buy it regardless. You know what I'm saying? If we're going to, we buying bundles, we buying hair, you know. But it's why just would sh- you want to have but, us in that space? Right. But it just shows you that we're the biggest consumers of that. And they keep, they make sure that we don't, um, uh, benefit from it financially, you know. Uh, we have to get in there. We have yeah. to get in there. That's why I was happy to find him. And I actually was just on a friend's page and I was like, oh, I like her bundles. And she was like, oh, you know, I buy from so-and-so. And so that's how I got connected to him. And I've been buying his hair for a year. So I just, I try to, you know, where I can, like put my money back into my people. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. I mean, I'm glad you made that point though, too, because we we are, we do hold our black businesses they on a shorter leash than we do other because you made a good comparison. We were just, my wife and I were just at a restaurant last night. And the last time we went there, the, the service was terrible. Like we didn't get half the shit we ordered. We ended up just saying, forget it. And then we went back <laughs> last night and it was a little better, but it was still a little slow. And it was like, last time we was here, but the food is good. But we, we, mm-hmm. we kept going back. But this, that last time we went, the service was terrible. 
And we went. And how right often back. do we do that? Like, yeah. how often do we do that? Just naturally, because we've been conditioned that like we we have to be perfect. And in those ways, mm-hmm. we notice how like we do it to ourselves too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I just try to like stop when I notice that I'm doing that. Cause I'm like, oh, okay. Like, um, I remember trying like this new um this hairstylist because you know hair is serious for us and I was like oh you know I don't really like the way she did it you know like I ain't going back no more and I was just like you know what no like let me let me try it again and so now it's like I mean I don't force myself to stick with something I'm not pleased with but it was just like no I can just say like you know can we can we switch it this way or I didn't really care for the way you did that part she was like oh girl yeah like just let me know like we can do and you know and it was no problem but like just kind of making making ourselves uh you know helping ourselves to be aware of that and like you know seeing stuff through yeah 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 so let's let's talk a little bit we we um we can go on and on on this subject uh Again, everybody, you know, this is Valen as part of um, this is sex podcast. So talk a little bit about I know you 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 were asking me about uh, wanting to do uh, a, a live Zoom for the month of October with, with some yeah. men. Um, explain again your your background and what it is that you want to do with with this month with the, the Zoom call with the what do you call it? The kink month. Okay, yep, yep. October is National Kink Month. I don't know who who made that up, but I'm with it. <laughs> so I I happen to be a licensed clinical social worker. So I have a, a master's degree in social work, and I've been in the field for about 10 years. Um, and so uh, in addition to that, I picked up a certification in sex therapy and sex education from the University of Michigan. And that's where I met Dr. G and Dr. Clay. And so the program is great because it's eclectic. It, um, like Dr. J is um, an academician. She's a public health professional. And then Dr. Clay is an OBGYN. So we have this like you know, we can look at the same thing a million different ways, just as black women, you know, with our ages, um, you know, like from we in North Carolina, Texas, L.A. So we got all of that twang together. And so, um, you know, the this is sex is great because it's just us bobbing as girlfriends. But um you know, like I, I'm for all things sex and, you know, my sort of philosophy, you know, what what inspired me to get into this space is like just as a black woman, I feel like the thing, what I learned about sex was sort of always by default, you know, and it's always kind of framed as like, you know, sexual health is related to like pregnancy. So like getting pregnant, avoiding getting pregnant, STIs, like how not to get them, not what to do, like when you have them, because 50% of people will have an STI, (laughs) 50% of sexually active people will have STI. So like uh, pregnancy, STIs, and really just pleasing men, like, you know, how to make sure your partner is satisfied or, you know, how to suck a good dick. And it's just like, well... And it's my, this is my pussy, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is my clitoris. <laughs> like, these are my breasts, you know? Yeah. Like, um, these are my fibroids and, you know, my dryness. Like, like your body is yours and pleasure is for everyone. And so this month, October is National Kink Month. I feel like every month is something, right? Um, but October is National Kink Month. And just naturally, I'm usually talking to my friends. And my guy friends, they do talk to me, but they don't typically get on my... 
Facebook lives or my Zoom calls. You know, I've talked about things like um, maternal mental health. And we talked about like last week, Dr. Clay and I talked about polycystic ovarian syndrome, which is um, a, a syndrome that affects uh, women of childbearing age. And so um, we talked about that. So I've talked about things here and there, but like my guys are not as present in having these conversations. And I really just want to talk to the men about kink. You know, like people think, you know, kink is, well, I don't know. A lot of people kind of like kink was like, oh, when Fifty Shades of Grey came out, it was like, oh, that's kink. But, you know, for me and my black girlfriends, we were like, you know, we've been reading Zane since I was reading Zane in high school. <laughs> like I was reading the Sex Chronicles in high school, like being titillated, turning the pages like, oh, shit. So, you know, like the kink is just this this world that I don't think we always talked about out in the open. Like you might be with your bros or, you know, you might be at a brunch with your girlfriends and things may come up like, oh, girl, you know, he I, I let him, you know, tie me up last night or, you know, we did some role play or whatever. I don't think we really kind of like unpack like, you know, these things out loud. And so I just kind of want to know, like. What what do guys um, what do guys think about kink? How do guys bring it up in their relationships or situations? You know, relationships in the broader term of the word. Um, you know, in their 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 partnerships. How do you um, you know talk about wanting to try something new or introducing something new in the bedroom? Or you know, how, how do you um, how do you deal with somebody being disgusted? Because let's people don't talk about that either. Like sometimes you might be like, oh, like. Um, you know, some some women are really into um, like using anal toys on men, and some men actually like it. Now you get y'all together, and guys, like, hell no, ain't shit on my ass. I ain't putting shit in my ass. Oh fuck that! You ain't gonna get nobody that's gonna get on there and admit that shit. I mean, I'm saying, okay, okay, that's fair game. I know that, but I also know some niggas like shit in their ass, and they're not necessarily like you know, uh, gay or bisexual. Like they enjoy anal play. And so, you know, like, but let's just say, like, whatever it is, like, you know, it, it is, um, I mean, because, you know, we can, like, from, you know, a sex therapist perspective, we always say, like, don't yuck your yum, don't yuck my yum. So, like, if I'm saying, like, hey, um, I don't know, I want you, I want to put some clips on your balls, you know, like, I want to clip your balls, because some people get into that, you know, like, that pain. So, like, oh, I want to put, um, you know, like, five clothespins on, you know, each ball sack. And so you might be like, no, hell no. You know, like, fuck that, you crazy, you nasty. And it's just right. like, you know, how do you deal with, because um, we all have things we want to do or want to try. Some people kind of like ease it in, like it ain't no big thing. And then for other things, you you really have to have a conversation. But I think like that's the whole point, like being able to have these conversations and being able to take it. Because honestly, people who are not sexually satisfied in relationships leave those relationships, whether they end them or they step out on those relationships. Like sex is a small part of an overall relationship. But when you're not on the same page about sex in a relationship, then it's, you know, it, it blows up. So, um, you know, I'm just interested. I want to know because, you know, I've learned about so many different kinks and fetishes because I knew about people like, you know, liking toes and shit like that. But it's just a lot of stuff that, you know, I'm, I'm still learning about. And so I just want to know, like, what's really going down with y'all? Uh, so uh, you're going to do it as a Zoom call? A Zoom meeting? 
Well, I don't know. It depends because I reached out to like one of my guys, one of my friends from our program to ask him. And I, I don't know because I, I, I have gotten none. I think when I just kind of go live on Facebook, people just kind of like, you know, log, like they'll just kind of sign on. Like, what is that? What are you talking about? Um, but then I also kind of feel like Zoom is a bit more of a protected space. So really, I don't know. But what we, we have also done is like been on Zoom and like sent the Zoom live on Facebook. So I just really want to have the conversation. What, what do you think? Do you think guys will be, do you think, you know, we'll have a more robust conversation on Zoom or on live? Um, Probably on Zoom, because are, are you going to do anything with it, or you just want to have the conversation? Do you plan on put, putting it out? No, I want to have the conversation. I may do a snippet edit just to be like, you know, like this is something, like this is a talk I've done, but probably just, you know, just on the Zoom, just us chatting it up, because I really am more interested in the conversation and the content, right. you know, um, and just kind of like going from there. No, I, I think I think Zoom would be better. More, more private, like you said. I'll, um, so, look, anybody listening that that want to participate, you can email me at dearblackfolks at gmail and then I will get you in in, in touch with Valen if if you're interested in, in having that conversation on the Zoom. Do, are, yeah, do you do you just want men, or do you want men and women on the conversation? No, I want to talk to men. Um, because I, I will talk to women, but like women, women will talk. You women already know talk. what women gonna say anyway. Yeah, well, and, and I mean to a degree. I don't know everything because I have conversations and some people are just like, oh sis, really? You know, but um, but I like I know that I could solicit women to talk to me, you know, but the men, like I said, like I'll get men to hit me up like like and it's so funny because like once you're um what I've noticed the difference between like being a, a clinical social worker and a sex therapist, even though a sex therapist is just a clinical social worker or a clinician, you can be of any kind of mental health background, but a clinician who has um, specialized training in sexual health and sexual therapy techniques. Um, but like, you know, people don't always come to me ask directly about their mental health. Like you may have somebody who will come up in conversation, like, you know, I've been down, I have been feeling myself, but I think it's, I think that they feel like it's more of an infringement, so they don't necessarily be like, help help me fix myself. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. They're just like, oh, you're so easy to talk to. But with sex therapy, I'll just get a random, like I haven't talked to somebody in a, you know, a few months, a couple years, and like, hey, girl, I hope all is well. So listen, question. <laughs> um, you know, like my husband's dick will get soft in the middle of sex. What do you think that is? And it's just like, well, sis... <laughs> It's, it could be a lot, you know, like, but, but it's just so interesting because people will be like, you know, and you, you can let me know if like, you can't answer it because like how we know each other, whatever. But I just wanted to ask you, you know, so it's so interesting to me, but yeah, my guy friends will hit me up about stuff like that. Or like, it's kind of like, um, you know, I'm asking for a friend, like, uh, you know, just, and it's just like you asking for yourself, but whatever. <laughs> uh, but they won't necessarily, like when I, when I ask or when I pull them, like, like, like y'all let's get together and like have this conversation. Then it's crickets, you know? <laughs> yeah. So look again, if any, any of the fellas that's listening want to participate in this conversation, I think it will be fun. Um, just, just uh, shoot me an email at dear black folks, at gmail.com. And again, I'll get you in touch with Valen and with, with a date and time and everything. That's what's up. I want to do it this month since it is kink month. 
Um, but I I th- I may um because I'm I do this chat with my girlfriend Jessica Ross. She also did the Michigan program with us. So we we do this little segment called Questions That Need Answers. And it started in May, which happens to be Mental Health Awareness Month as well as National Masturbation Month. So we would just we just get on live and just talk. Like we just talk as two clinicians, two mental health clinicians, but we just kind of like talk about stuff. So we talked about like little Boosie going on live talking about how he paid a grown woman to um, perform oral sex on his kid. So we actually did do like a whole workshop on like what is, uh, you know, child sex abuse and, you know, how black boys are molested, but we don't talk about that. And, you know, we talk about it as shit like Boosie said he making a man out of his son. But we like we talked about WAP, you know, that was a big deal. But um, so we we probably will talk about it. I'm thinking maybe a kink 101 workshop, but uh, that that will that may have a fee associated, but just kind of giving people that space to come, you know, learn a few gems and walk away with. Because yeah. we all need a little spice in our lives. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah yeah. Well, look, I just wanted to to like I told you before, I didn't really have any any uh, rhyme or reason to this podcast today. I just wanted to just get on and just kind of vibe with you and, and and talk about what you know whatever went on this week, which happened to be the debate. But I do want to have you on a lot uh, as a regular guest if, if if you'd be cool with it. Um, you hit me up anytime, Earl. Or we could talk about it. Yeah, and we'll we'll have more, you know, structured uh, topics and stuff like that. But uh, I kind of like the free flow. You yeah, know, yeah, it's cool. I mean, so I mean, we might, you know, it went it went cool. I just it, look, hope it, I don't it, say some shit, talk myself out of a job. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh shit! Because look, it's always something to talk about every week. So it is every week it's always some crazy shit to talk about you know but uh of course that debate was was <laughs> it's been the hot topic for the week that debacle yeah <laughs> it was so horrible like and look they had the saturday night live i knew that i knew saturday night live was gonna get on it when i was i watched saturday night live last night and it was damn near like watching the real debate you know because the, the the satire and and and, and comedic part of it was like it was watching it over again it was crazy yeah i have to check i missed saturday night live last night but i did see a clip from uh meg's performance and i thought that was so powerful you know what i'm glad you brought that up so let me it was but let me and maybe i'm being too Uh conservative uh on it Uh oh but this was the one issue i had with it okay i feel like how can I say this? Because uh, you know, everybody know that know me. I'm for our people and the whole movement and everything. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 I'm glad that she does take a stand and 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 all that with it. But it's like when you when you do it mixed with being half dressed and, and and twerking and all that stuff. It, to me, it didn't mix. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. glad that she's put the message in and everything, but it yeah. just was. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being too conservative with with, with the movie. Well, to me, you know, if we can juxtapose that with what you talked about way earlier with being on jury duty and the man was saying the lady was guilty because she was ugly. She wasn't attracted to him. You know, like I think she could have been butt ass naked, you know, like maybe she had a wolf pussy. Maybe it was baby (laughs) bald, you know, to me, it's the principle, you know, and I think that a lot of the times again, you know, and I think that was a great, uh, that was the honesty that you you just shared. Like, I think that's, it kind of encapsulate everything we've been talking about because, 
you know, there's this respectability that we put on ourselves to make ourselves like the person worthy of us standing with. And it's just like, you know, at the end of the day, she was shot and she was shot by a black man. And, you know, people have made jokes about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now Meg does rap about fucking, you know what I'm saying? She raps about, you know, WAP. She, her, her lyrics are very explicit. She's a, she calls herself a stallion, even though we know it's a male horse, a, a male horse. Right. But, you know, like stallion because she's a, a, you know, big, she's a tall woman with a big ass. She's a voluptuous black woman. And, um, you know, she, she has her body and she flaunts it for me. It's her body. So if she wants to wear tight shit or now, I don't like that. Sometimes I feel her bras are not always the right size, <laughs> but, but you know what, whatever she wears, I'm like, I wish I had her knees. You know, I wish I had her stamina, but you know, I think about, and it's the clinician in me and, you know, not saying that if she didn't have these things, she would be a, a better victim per se, but you know, like Meg has no living parents. Her mom died maybe a year or two ago. I think her father died a few years ago, several years ago. Um, You know, she is a college student. Mm. Um, You know, she has dealt with a lot of trauma and uh, you know, I think it is, it could be a distraction for some, you know, how she was dressed, but you know, I think if she was wearing like all black and the effort with her fist up, the truth of the matter is like, they haven't given a shit about what we look like in terms of how we've been treated. And I mean, they as the broader they anybody who's not a black woman, because this black man shot her and she went live a couple months ago or maybe in the last month on Instagram um, and was just talking about basically when he shot her and the police were asking her um, about it. She was saying that she was scared for his safety as wow. a black man. And that's why she didn't really talk about, yes, he shot me. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's the layers of like the burden of the shit that we hold. Like this motherfucker shot her in the goddamn foot. And you know, we know her for twerking. How you going to twerk without your feet? You know, it's just like, you know, but you you really could have took her out. And, you know, and adding, you know, insult to injury. This nigga just dropped a whole album about it like two weeks ago. So, you know, I don't give a fuck if she was naked, you know, like had her titty spread out. If she put her pussy up, you know what I'm saying? Like if her pussy was the background, because it's hers. It's about her being a black woman and being disrespected and also being disrespected by this black man. So I think it was powerful for her to have that performance and for her to even play that clip from Tamika Mallory. I think that's her last Mm. name from... um, uh, until freedom and you know talking about daniel cameron basically like all skin folk ain't all skin folk ain't kin folk right. and so I, I thought it was i thought it was very powerful it, and i think it yeah. was and and, uh, and again i'm not taking away from her i think she's genuine in her uh in in, in you know in, in her feeling for the people and being down for the people um but that was just my little two cents yeah on, you i know. get that but again, you know, I'm not down on her at all. And I'm, I love the fact that she that she put it in there. It's just, they, they just crossed my mind when I'm watching. I'm like, this is cool, but... It's a distraction. It's a dis- yeah. yeah, you're like, you know, like you, you're half naked, you're shaking your ass, you're opening your legs, and then you mm-hmm. saying, you know... But I, mm-hmm. but I still love the fact that she had the message and she thinking of it. And, and I think she's genuine in it, but that was just something that crossed my mind when I was watching. I was like, ah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Oh, is, I feel is you. that a good mix, you know? But but it was good though. I mean, you know, 
the I got to check it out. Another thing, I mean, and I know, I know we were wrapping up, but I haven't checked out the um, Fenty show, um, the Fenty fashion show. Um, the set, uh, what is it, Savage by Fenty Rihanna's like lingerie line. Mm-hmm. I've been seeing a lot of little clips and she's got, so she's expanded to have menswear now. So it's this, it's this clip that's gone viral. It's a big black man, you know, like he's a, he's a husky man. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, so it's like, oh, you know, it's big nigga season or whatever, but <laughs> just like the body positivity because like, so Lizzo was part of her fashion show, uh, this, you know, big guy, this, this um, male model. And then like, uh, Willow Smith. So you got like Willow Smith, who is super petite, all the way up to like Lizzo, and Lizzo is just in her element, shaking her fat ass, and and I don't mean fat in a negative right, way, right. but like you know, Lizzo really just embraces her body, and I love to see it. I love to see it because you know how many times do we tell fat women, you know, fat dudes too, but like you know how many times do we explicitly say or show that like we don't want your body type? Like, oh, this is not for you. You know, this is for you know, right. slim waist, blah, blah, blah. And it's like Lizzo's just shaking her her ass, living her best life. So I haven't watched the whole show, but I've seen clips. But I'm not yeah. familiar with it. I got to check it out. I have yes. not familiar with that. Check it out. Let's talk about it. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that. So look, it's been great, great, great. Uh, having you on is everything I thought it would, it would be. And that's why I wanted to have you on. I mean, it was so natural and flowed. And, and again, we're going to definitely have to do this Many more always. times. Always. I time. appreciate being here. I like the conversation too. You know, I, I always like hearing, you know, hearing from a good black man. You know, what what is your take? Right, right. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. So we're gonna wrap it up. Don't hang up though. Um, we're gonna wrap up the show. Hey, everybody. Again, um, if you want to participate in in, in Valen's kink conversation for the men, uh, email me at dearblackfolks at gmail.com. Also, make sure you go and check out the new podcast, This Is Sex, um, with Valen, Dr. Clay, and Dr. J. I think you, hey, hey. you all will, will enjoy it as well. And um, again, Valen, thank you for taking the time again today to be on the show, and I look forward to doing it uh, many more times with you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right, everybody. I hope you all enjoyed that conversation I had with Valen. Man, she's such a fun and energetic person <laughs> and will say anything. She's, she, she's, she's really a, a joy to, to, to talk with. Look forward to having her um, more on this show. Uh, hopefully she can be a regular guest. I know she's going to be busy with her own podcast. Uh, again, you guys go check that out with her and Dr. J and Dr. Clay. It's called This Is Sex. Um But again, I hope you all enjoyed it. Um, Thank you for the support. And uh, stay tuned for the next episode of Dear Black Folks Podcast. Peace. It's the Dear Black Folks Podcast.